hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 977, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide and our KNZR expert, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, or call 661-665-SOLD, that's 661-665-7653, and she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing excellent. You're looking very summery over there. I like it. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. How's how's your uh, day going so far? How's the weekend? Well, I have to admit, you know, Saturdays are my favorite day of the week. I get to wake up and talk about real estate with you and our guests and all of our amazing listeners out there. I really feel blessed to have this platform and to be able to share my passion for real estate. I enjoy being able to discuss all of this amazing information with our listeners, uh, both far and wide. You know, honestly, being here with you and everyone, I couldn't ask for a better start to the weekend. Uh, what about you? You have any big plans after the show? You know, we've been getting that sprinkling, a little rain, and stuff here and there, so my car's dirty. <laughs> so, so after the show... Car washing wash. the car mm-hmm. yes yes yep. yes because and, and you know i've got a young son but he's are like, you teaching him how to do that yeah because he's asked he asked me he's like dad how can i earn some money in the summer mm-hmm. I'm all, i got just the thing grab that bucket and let's absolutely <laughs> let's watch this car so so yeah so we're looking forward to that and uh I do see we have a guest uh, on the roster today. Who are we speaking with and what's the topic? Well, our guest this morning is going to be Jared Clements. He's a local attorney. But before becoming an attorney, he was a realtor right here in Kern County. And I've got a lot of questions for him about real estate, probate, and evictions. I can't wait to pick his brain. Uh, But before I do, I have a real estate news update for everyone out there. So I'm sure that you, Adelaide, as well as all of our listeners, are noticing a little bit of a shift in the local real estate market. Home price appreciation has been a hot topic the past few years, and now I've heard many people voice their concern that home values are going to drop. But before we go any further, let's lay out some basic definitions, okay? Mm-hmm. So Experts in the real estate industry use a number of terms when we talk about what's happening with home prices. Some of those words sound mm, a bit similar, but really they mean very different things. So this morning I thought we would clarify 
what's happening with home prices, and where the experts say that they're going. So here's a couple of the terms that get bandied about. So appreciation is when a home price increases. Simple enough, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And depreciation is when home prices decrease. Now, deceleration is a term that we're starting to hear as well. And that sounds an awful lot like depreciation. But deceleration is when home prices actually continue to appreciate, but at a slower pace than they have been. Hmm, Okay. So, Lori, homes have been appreciating over the past few years. Are experts predicting prices to now depreciate? No, no. The experts are forecasting ongoing appreciation, just at a decelerated pace. So, in other words, prices are going to keep climbing, just not as fast as they have been. Mm. Experts aren't expecting prices to decline. In fact, I have an article here where Mark Fleming, the chief economist at First American, identified a key reason why home prices won't depreciate or drop. And that was because in today's housing market, the demand for homes continues to outpace supply, which in turn is keeping the pressure on housing prices. So he feels like we shouldn't expect house prices to decline. And although we are seeing the housing supply start to tick up or increase, it's not enough to make home values decline because there's still a big gap between the number of homes that are available for sale and the volume of buyers looking to make a purchase. And frankly, Mr. Fleming isn't alone. The bottom line is most experts forecast price deceleration, not depreciation. That means home prices are going to continue to rise just at a slower pace. Okay, okay. So now I know you're our local expert and you spend hours researching this stuff. But what about the price reductions I'm starting to see on some of my neighbors' homes? Isn't that indicative of a decline in value? No. Um, unfortunately, I I really think that's actually a combination of a couple of things. Um, those being a lack of patience and understanding of the market transition that we're currently undergoing, and a correction of what I'll call an aggressive pricing model. Mm. So... First of all, let's think about the last two or so years. The market has been appreciating at a pretty phenomenal rate, and it's been incredibly fast-paced. So it's not been uncommon to have multiple offers within hours of listing a property, and often for them to be tens of thousands of dollars above list price. Okay, right. So as this trend continued, as is common with human nature, we started moving the needle ever so slightly higher and higher in terms of pricing. And because of the strong demand we were experiencing, which is unlike anything we'd ever seen before, the market easily kept up and kept surpassing that bar we were setting in terms of our listing prices, right? Yeah, right. So when the Federal Reserve raised interest rates three quarters of a point last week, it caused some uncertainty in the market, a pause, if you will. And all of a sudden, homes weren't selling overnight. And people were only getting one or two offers on a property that a month earlier would have gotten 10. And unfortunately, 
this caused some people to panic, and they preemptively began reducing their listing prices. Okay, that makes sense. And then we had other sellers who were priced at the very top of the market with an extremely aggressive price point, a price point that the appreciating market would have caught up with shortly, absent that interest rate hike, more than likely, they realized that they were being a little too optimistic in their price expectations, and they decided to set their bar a little more realistically, given the current market conditions. So does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, it's almost time to introduce our guests, but before we do, why don't we take a short break? Sound like a plan? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Great. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute after this short break, and you're going to love today's schedule. We've got local real estate attorney, Jared Clements, and he's going to be laying it all out for you about probate, evictions, and squatters. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch, request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker last year and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 a.m., 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. We're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, before we introduce today's guest, can you answer this question we recently received on social media? The person wrote in saying they want to sell their home and move to Tennessee, but they're not sure how to find a realtor they can trust and rely on back there. Is that something you can help them with? Oh, gosh, that's a question we're hearing quite often, whether it's Tennessee or Texas, Arkansas, or just the other day I had a family moving to Alabama. We often have families needing assistance moving out of the area, and frequently they're needing help um, moving out of state. So my advice to those folks is give our office a call, and we'll be happy to help them. 
Mm, so we've talked about this topic before, and unfortunately, you can't actually fly to Tennessee with them to help pick out a house, can you? Well, I could if they'd like to <laughs> take me with them. I'd love to. You know, I love Tennessee, and looking mm. at homes in another state actually sounds like a vacation plan to me. <laughs> uh, however, currently we're only licensed in the state of California, and you know, I believe strongly in using a realtor who's extremely knowledgeable in the area where you're purchasing. So physically, while I think Tennessee is a lovely place to visit, I don't think it's really practical for me to accompany them on their house hunting Mm. trip. But I think we have a solution that's every bit as good, if not better. Mm. So tell us about that. Well, you know, I spend a great deal of time networking with the top agents across not only California, but across the entire nation. And these are agents like myself who have achieved a high level of proficiency that are very knowledgeable and who put the interest of their client above all else. And as a result, we're delighted to connect our clients here with those top agents wherever our people are moving to. And you refer to your clients not just to Coldwell Banker agents, right? That's right. A company is only as strong as the agents that work there. So I refer our clients to the best agent in the area regardless of the company they work for. I want them to have the same five-star experience that they'd have if they were working with the McCarty Group. And the best part of all, our staff coordinates the closing between your home here and the one in your new location. Plus, we help monitor the timelines so that the process is as smooth and seamless as can be while keeping you informed throughout the entire process. You know, at the McCarty Group, we want to do all the heavy lifting. That way you can be excited and enjoy this new phase of your homeownership journey. So if you're moving out of the area, give us a call at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And let us help you begin that transition out of Kern County. All right. Well, that's a fantastic way to help your clients and bring value to them. Thanks so much, Adelaide. Of course, that's always our goal. Now I feel like we've kept him waiting for forever. So without further ado, I'm honored and privileged, thrilled and excited to introduce our guest today, friend of mine, Jared Clements, local realtor turned attorney. So good morning, Jared. Good morning, Laurie. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be with me here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic. Great. So help our audience get to know you a little bit better and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in West Virginia and bounced around as a military brat. Uh huh. I moved to New Jersey after college and said I'm never going anywhere else. Of course. And then I met my wife. Uh huh. It's amazing in, what love will do for you. Isn't it though? Uh-huh. I've been in Bakersfield since 2010, and I'm not moving for another 50 to 60 years. So you say now? I'm pretty certain. Okay. <laughs> what if your wife gets transferred? My wife, born and bred in, in Bakersfield, and uh-huh. when transfers come up, she relocates to a new job. <laughs> okay, very good. So, folks, I think he's here to stay. I'm here to stay. <laughs> so, before you were an attorney, you were a realtor. So, what made you make the jump into law? I actually started in the law uh, back in two, the early 2000s. Uh, Drexel University is where I went to school, and they started a new law school. Uh-huh. They gave me the opportunity to be one of their first students okay but it came with the the caveat of you may not be able to take the bar exam because we are not accredited oh so i decided to just enter the workforce and uh you know start my life my my wife noticed that uh i tended to think very legally 
I, the best part of the real estate deal for me was always the contract. Mm-hmm. And my contracts tended to be a little longer than most, as as you know. I do. I in do. our deals together. Uh-huh. And so she heard it. Very well crafted, very well written. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so my wife heard a radio advertisement for a new local law school called Kern County College of Law. And she said, you know what? I think you need to do this. Great. Very cool. Um, so tell us, um, what type of law do you specialize in now? My preferred type of law is probate. Okay. And I also handle a real estate litigation. Okay. Perfect. So can you define and briefly explain for our listeners what probate is? Absolutely. Probate is often misunderstood by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's a word that scares people. And the only thing people really know is that they want to avoid it. Absolutely. Or that it it takes away a lot of their money. That's what they think. Mm -hmm. And it can be expensive when compared to some of the alternatives. But if it's the only option on the table... It is a necessary evil. Probate is the process whereby we transfer belongings of a deceased person Mm -hmm. to their heirs and beneficiaries. And that's the most simple description that I can give. And there's really three reasons that people open probate. One is because they want to get their inheritance. Okay. That's, That's probably the best reason. But sometimes people continue to live in the house owned by mom or dad, They pay the property taxes, and they don't do probate for years, sometimes decades. I've got some houses that are owned by dead people who died in 1993. Oh, my. And so for those people, oftentimes probate becomes critical when they need to refinance the house or when they need to sell it because you cannot sell it legally or refinance it without having ownership. Okay. Perfect. So tell us... How does the probate process work? So I work mostly with probate where there's real estate involved because of my background. Mm -hmm. So Makes perfect sense. For most of my clients, I actually recommend that you start with your real estate agent. Okay. Which is a little unusual because there's a big delay Mm -hmm. between meeting the real estate agent and actually being able to list the house. Mm -hmm. It can be as much as six months between you get, if you meet the real estate agent and the time that you get what are called letters right. in order to sell the house. Mm-hmm. But one of the nice things about talking to a realtor like yourself is that you've got experience and oftentimes you're willing to offer information about your experience for no charge. Right. Your average attorney is going to charge $400, $500, $600 for an hour consultation. And while that is value well spent, a lot of people feel more comfortable talking to a good real estate agent and the real estate agent knows who to trust in Kern County with a probate process. While all lawyers can do probate, not all lawyers are great at it. Right. So you want somebody who's got that experience, who does multiple probates per year and doesn't do this just every once in a while. Exactly. Okay. Um, So take us through uh, the, the details of probate. Um, you mentioned um, uh, the process taking as long as six months before letters of authority are actually uh, given. Absolutely. Take a start to finish. And, and why is probate actually required? Sure. So while, let's start with the why is probate required. Okay. Okay. So 
in the hypothetical example we discussed earlier where the house was owned by a dead person who died in 1993. Right. Even though the person is dead, that person is the only person who can sign on liens, Mm -hmm. sign a grant deed, Mm -hmm. which is necessary for sale, or do any other legal act that is legally binding. Okay. Because that person is the only person who can act and that person isn't available, the court needs to step in and identify a single person who has permission from the state of California to do all of those things for the dead person. Now, what if that dead person left a will or a trust and named an executor of their estate? Can that person not just step in and say, hey, it's me, I have a will here that says I'm entitled to disperse the property? I wish that were possible. Oh. <laughs> the the thing about wills, and so the word probate actually means to prove. And so what you're doing when you open probate is you're bringing that will to the court and you're saying this is the document that should control. The problem that sometimes occurs, and it doesn't happen often, is that there are sometimes multiple wills from oh. multiple years. Okay. Sometimes kids are going through the paperwork and they find a will and they say, this is great, we have a will, but then the cousin mm. has another copy and it's from a different date. Which one was more current? Which one was executed correctly? Which one was executed without what's called undue influence, where somebody is maybe using their guiles on mom or dad? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's fathers who are uh, tempted by the new new stepmom, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, everything disappears. Right. We've got the idea of the gold digger. Typically, we think of the gold digger as being a female, but she can actually she can be a he. And I don't mean in the new sense of California twenty twenty two. Right. I mean sometimes men can be gold diggers too. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the probate process, you're bringing these documents forward to the court, and the court's giving everybody in the family notice mm-hmm. and saying we have a will or we don't have a will, and we are going to identify this person as the legal representative you have a certain period of time in order to contest it and say, I have a different will or I have some other evidence that this person should not be in charge. Once that's done, Mm -hmm. the court will assign letters of administration. Mm -hmm. And that process can take three to six months. That depends a lot on how much interaction there is with the family, the backlog in the court system because the courts are very overworked. Oh yes. And until those letters are administered, the real estate agent cannot sell that house. Can't they can do a sh- thing. They can show it as much as they want. Right. But they can't legally enter into a contract. Okay. And the buyers, as you're, you are well aware, don't want to wait. No, no. Um, particularly with interest rates rising as they oh, are. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it horrible? It is. It they is. have gone up quite st- steeply. Now, I remember times when interest rates were a 10% and 11%. That was... 20, 30 years ago, right? it's been amazing that they've gotten as low as they, ha- they can. So I know that we're going to be okay, but for those people who were getting the 25 and 3% rates, it is shocking you to know, see that they're double. It, it, exactly. But, you know, we all have such short memories because in 2018, they were 6%. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of right back there. We really are. We're, we're not in such a bad situation right now. It is a great time to buy. It is. It's a fantastic time to sell. 
Right. Um, but those numbers are shocking if you're comparing it to 2019, 2020 numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So tell us um, the, the difference between, uh, because anybody who's ever been involved on the real estate side knows that sometimes, um, and forgive me if I don't have the exact proper terminology, but sometimes um, an executor uh, will have directed authority um, and sometimes they will have they will have to have court approval sure. of the sale. So tell us what happens in those so circumstances. Most times the court issues what's called full authority. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with full authority, you technically can do anything you want mm. with notice to the beneficiaries mm-hmm. and no objections. So if you have full authority, you step into the shoes of the deceased person and can sell the house as if the house were your own. Okay. It adds about 15 days to the middle of the process, and if done efficiently, those 15 days often coincide with the time period used to inspect the house. Oh. So what's important is that the accepted contract gets that lawyer as fast as possible so that they can send the notice to all the heirs, and that Mm -hmm. starts that 15-day waiting period. Okay. Where the heirs have a chance to say, I object. Mm -hmm. If the heirs object, the court is going to step in. Okay. And that's when we do the confirmation process. So confirmation is required if an heir objects mm-hmm. or if we have the other kind of authority, which is limited authority. Okay. Limited authority is sometimes issued when the court doesn't necessarily trust the administrator. Okay. It's very rare. Yeah. You know, but if if somebody has raised objections about mm-hmm. the administrator and and the administrator is still the best person for the job, the court might issue limited authority in order to allow that person to continue to do the acts under court supervision. Okay. Sometimes, very rarely, I actually recommend confirmation for people with full authority where it's not required. Okay. And that's that occurs when we, we know we have family members who are going to object. Okay. Even though they have no good reason. Right. The confirmation process removes the contentiousness out of the process and in a sense that it doesn't matter if you object. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't matter if your cousin says I don't want you to sell the house, and his only reason is he, he just really, doesn't want you to. He just doesn't want you to. Mm-hmm. I actually had a sister once who didn't want her brother to sell the house because she wanted to be the one to sell it. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, are you going to get a better price?" <laughs> no. Okay. Do you have a problem with the buyer? No. Well, so what's the problem? Well, I want to be the one to sell it. Okay. So. <laughs> Confirmation hearings um, avoid that. And so we've got one client right now who has a sibling in jail and he objects to everything. Okay. So we're we're just starting with the confirmation hearing. Now, where the confirmation hearing changes things, we're now going to, once you identify that you need a confirmation hearing, you tell the court, here's a copy of the contract. Mm -hmm. The court then looks at their calendar and depending upon their availability, they set a date for the hearing, it could be three months, four months, or five months away. Mm-hmm. At that hearing, they review the contract and welcome other people to bid on the house. Right. Now, here's the thing that most people don't understand. This isn't your typical auction. Mm-mm. So let's say you have a house that's being sold for $300,000. Not uncommon in Bakersfield. Right. This is not a nickel and dime kind of auction. You can't just come in and say, I'd pay 300000 too. 
mm-hmm. I'd pay 300,004. You know, this isn't, you know, wave the flag kind of thing. The court has a series of rules and it has what's called an overbid. So the only bid the court can accept is the very next overbid. And for a house that's $300,000, the next bid's gonna be $20,000 more. Okay. So unless you're willing to pay cash on that day, and you know, twenty thousand dollars more than the contract price. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is buying that property. Okay. What the confirmation process helps protect against is those administrators who are going to do a sly deal on the side with a friend and say, "I'll give you this house for fifty percent of its value." If ah. the house is going for one hundred and fifty thousand, but it's worth three hundred, right? Now you're going to have people coming in with the overbids, okay. and so the process helps make sure that the family gets a fair market value for the house. And if they're getting a fair market value, the court will certify the sale and objections do not matter. Wow, that's pretty amazing. That's great. I think so. So tell me, what happens when the deceased person owns land in multiple states? That's a great question. In fact, I heard you talking about the multiple state issue recently for your, I think it was a Twitter question. Mm -hmm. So just like real estate agents, lawyers are only licensed to operate within certain jurisdictions. Ah, okay. I can only operate as an attorney within the state of California. Okay. So when you have land in other states, we actually have to open multiple probates. Oh, wow. So you'll hire a lawyer in California because, of course, your favorite place to live and work is Kern County. Of course. And then the uh, land that's in Montana, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, you're going to hire an attorney near there who's going to know local real estate agents and work with that attorney to open probate to sell just that parcel. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. And so if they have it in multiple states beyond that, same process exactly okay how can someone eliminate or reduce the need for probate or can they they can okay the answer to that is estate planning okay i had a woman walk into my office uh, about six weeks ago Mm -hmm. she brought with her her father's trust documents he had died the month previous okay The number one problem with trust documents is that people don't put things into the trust. Mm -hmm. But because he did, her entire process took only two weeks to complete. Really? And cost her $500 in processing fees. That's it. Wow. So if done correctly, the estate plan can save you thousands of dollars and months of your life. And is that something you also help people with? As a probate litigator, it is one of the specialties that I work on. So in probate litigation, we see where all of the wills and trusts have gone wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so being the person who litigates the, when things go wrong, I'm also one of the best people who can help you draft documents that will survive the fight. Perfect. Um, so let's say someone recently lost their parent, and now they're faced with this task of selling their home. Do they start with contacting you um, to begin that probate process uh, before they sell the home? I mean, that, that really is where they have to start, sure. right? 
Well, so starting with the attorney is usually the best choice just because of the fact there is so much paperwork that has to be done. Okay. However, I do recommend for a lot of people, particularly people listening to this program, that you start with the real estate agent because that agent is going to help give get you oriented mentally. Right. Okay. That real estate agent's also going to have experience working with various attorneys, not just me, but right. you know, there's a lot of great attorneys in Bakersfield, and just like great real estate agents, you kind of got to know who to go to. Absolutely. Now, here's a question that that I've been asked: Can let's say they have a situation where um, all of their funds are tied up in the estate, but the property needs maintenance. Ah. Okay. Can they hire an agent, um, sign a listing agreement, mm-hmm. someone who will front the fees to manage the property ahead of time? Be- as So can they actually sign a listing agreement prior to the probate process being started or being completed? They can, but with caveats. Okay, so share those. So uh, on the standard California listing agreement, Mm -hmm. there is a paragraph that in which the person signing it says, I have authority to sell the property. And if I don't have authority, these are the disclosures that I'm making. So I have entered into contracts with people Mm -hmm. prior to opening probate when I was as a real estate agent, but I always put into the contract subject to the you know listing person getting authority mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um as long as everybody is aware of the limitations of, right. and rights of each party right you can enter into almost any contract okay perfect and so i i would imagine you know thinking same thing is going to apply you can't really rent out an inherited property until it goes through the probate process, correct? Or am I wrong? So, and, and you can, but it's again not legal. Uh-huh. Okay. So, my my uncle, who's uh, born and bred Bakersfield, also uh, he used to own Air Care Heating and Air Conditioning. Unfortunately, they closed last mm-hmm. year during the pandemic. Um, That's sad. That is sad. Uh, he used to say the only place the law matters is in a court of law, and I hated that. But he's he's kind <laughs> he's of right, absolutely right, you know. And so so for example, a squ- squatters. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the topic of squatters? Absolutely. In fact, after we take a break, I want to talk to you about this. <laughs> well, and so we'll come back to squatters. But the fact of the matter is, even though squatters may have rights, they need an attorney in order to enforce them. So oh. sometimes. Things that are not legal go unpunished. So I have seen people rent out houses mm-hmm. where they are not the legal owners of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, is it legal? No. No, 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 no. Um, but can they sometimes get away with it? Yes. Is it recommended? No. no. Okay. <laughs> so I do recommend probate. It's the cleanest, safest way to keep your criminal record clean. <laughs> Because you never know when the other side does find that cousin, brother, inheritance, lottery ticket, which allows them to get that attorney. Absolutely. You know, Jared, this was an excellent introduction and a great overview of the probate process. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, I think this is a great place for us to take a break. Um, But before we do, please tell everyone how they can reach you. Absolutely. My name is Jared Clements. I work at Coleman and Horowitz at 17th and D Street. Our phone number is 661-325-1111. 
1300. And uh, fun fact, most people would actually know us by our previous name, Bowman and Associates. Bowman and Associates been in Bakersfield for over 30 years, and we just recently changed our name. Perfect. So when we get back, I'm going to ask Jared all about, well, maybe not all about, but a few questions about evictions and squatters. Because that is on my radar right now. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I've bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. You're listening to our 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Jared Clements, a local attorney. And before the break, Lori was asking you a few questions about probate. Is probate law, especially regarding real estate, the same in all states, or does it vary? That is a great question. And you know, there are some commonalities across all 50 states. But every state has its own rules, and that's one of the reasons why every attorney has to be licensed in that state to practice. So the rules will differ from state to state. But in general, there's a lot of similarity where you can kind of guess what's going to happen. And Jared, I imagine that, uh, like me, you network with top attorneys across the nation. So if someone does run into that situation where um, their deceased loved one has property in multiple locations, you can refer them to someone in those areas, right? 
Absolutely. Attorneys, just like real estate agents, it's a service business. And Mm -hmm. so our job is to serve the client the best way that we know how. And sometimes that means referring them to another qualified, skilled, experienced professional. Perfect. So if you don't mind, can we turn the topic to evictions? Absolutely. Um, So are there any COVID-related restrictions still in effect? Yes. Okay. Could you share those with us? Absolutely. The area of law related to evictions changes quite frequently. I know. It's, that's why I'm asking, because it's hard for me to keep up with them. <laughs> well, now, especially over the last two years, we saw new bills coming out sometimes every month. I know. It was interesting. And those bills go through a lengthy process. Sometimes they're expedited, but you're, you're never quite sure until someone says, I want to evict today, right. which rules are going to apply. The thing about these rule changes is they have slowed down now that we're returning to normal. Mm-hmm. And so we're entering into an area of the the law where we're transitioning out of the COVID restrictions, but they're still in place. Okay. Where this impacts people the most is when the eviction is based upon rent due. Mm-hmm. There are evictions that are occurring normally uh, without any COVID-related you know, um, particulars. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, this is where the complaint isn't about the rent. You've got gang activity, you've got damage to the property, you've got what lawyers call waste, which is basically means that you're, you're doing something that reduces the value of the property mm-hmm. long term, health and safety concerns. These are all things where you can evict somebody on the normal time schedule. Okay. Where things take a turn is if any part of your complaint is they owe me money. Okay. Once you say they owe me money, you now need in Kern County to not only give them notice of the fact that they owe you money, which is always required, but you also have to apply to the housing authority and wait at least 20 days for the housing authority to review and consider whether the person is eligible for government money. Now, the good news for landlords is if the person's eligible, you get paid. That is good news. If that's the sole reason for your complaint, then you've no longer got a problem. Mm -hmm. The bad news is if you've got other things that are bothering you, Mm -hmm. now your process is being held up by this money thing. So in that circumstance, where only part of your complaint is relating to money, sometimes it's beneficial just to say, I'm not even going to ask for the money. I'm going to forgive the debt and move forward on evicting for these other reasons. Now, I want to be clear when, if you are evicting solely because of money and the housing authority says, oh, they qualify, we're going to give you money, that does not eliminate your ability to evict. That is correct. Okay. That eliminates your ability to evict for just cause. However, as the owner of a property, you still maintain the ability to say, I don't want to rent anymore. Mm-hmm. So there are things called no fault or uh, evictions or no, no fault cause where the landlord says, it's not you, it's me. Mm-hmm. And it could be, I don't want to rent anymore. Or I'm, I, my family member needs a place to live mm-hmm. and I'm going to let them live here where I'm selling the house. You know, th- these are things that 
are not anything that the tenant has done and has nothing to do with rent. And those are valid reasons to evict. Now, there are sometimes penalties if a person uses one of these reasons and they're not being honest. Right. But in the case where you are evicting solely because your tenant has not paid rent in the past and you they were eligible for uh, the housing authority to pay you rent, and that was the only reason, was a just cause eviction. Mm-hmm. But now your tenant, you can no longer evict for just cause um, because they're not paying rent because you've been reimbursed for rent. Sure. But your tenant still doesn't want to pay rent. Right. You're and in the same boat again. You're in the same boat again. And now you're refiling for that tenant <laughs> again and again and again and constantly coming to the government with your handout saying, please give me more. Right. You know, and at some point, I'd like to think the government's going to say no more. Right. And that tenant will be gone. Um, but until then, you know, you, you take the money from the government, you pay your mortgage, mm-hmm. and you just say, this is this is a frustration I have to deal with as a landlord. Real estate investments continue to be the safest, best way to grow personal income. And they are oftentimes worth these little headaches that come along. Gosh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so um, let's say... Hypothetically, a landlord is renting to an employee, and the home is a benefit of that job. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the employee gets fired, and the landlord, or now former employee, uh, wants to uh, evict that tenant. Sure. Right? Uh, would the eviction process look the same as a normal eviction? It's similar. It's processed under a different section of the of the code. However, this section actually gives the landlord more rights. Oh, wow. So if you think about being fired from a typical job where perhaps you have an office, mm-hmm. the idea is often portrayed in movies where you know the boss walks in with a cardboard box, right. security's there, and you know, please collect your things and go. Mm-hmm. With a house, it's, it's almost the same way in the sense that if the house is a benefit of the job, Upon the date that you terminate the employee, the employee loses his rights to the house. An eviction can start immediately. Oftentimes, the employee has lived there for a while. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of personal belongings. And it's not so simple as putting everything into a box and just walking away. So I recommend offering a 30-day period. It shows good faith to the court and oftentimes makes things easier for all parties involved. Okay, perfect. Do you have any suggestions for getting a tenant out and avoiding a costly eviction process? I do. They don't always work, Mm -hmm. but it's worth trying, Mm -hmm. particularly when you need the tenant out quickly. Okay. Sometimes the problem that the tenant has can be solved with money. Right. And so you're familiar with uh, the California Association of Realtors uh, Cash for Keys mm-hmm. addendum, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And essentially, this is a pre-drafted contract from the California Association of Realtors that allows a tenant to voluntarily give up their rights yes. in exchange for cash. What makes a contract binding is what's called consideration. Each side gives up something. So right. when they voluntarily give up their rights and you voluntarily give up money, mm-hmm. 
we have a binding agreement that permanently changes the relationship. Yeah, perfect. So that kind of leads me to the topic we were talking about earlier. Sure. Squatters. Oh my goodness, squatters. So who is a squatter in California? So a squatter, in the most technical sense, is a person who occupies property owned by another without permission. Okay. So whereas a tenant originally had your permission, Mm -hmm. okay, they entered with permission. A squatter enters without permission. That's the distinction. So what's the difference between squatting and trespassing? There is a, they're closely related, actually. Mm-hmm. So in trespassing is the act of physically entering upon the land of another. Okay. Squatting is the act of remaining. So ah. And while the initial trespass is required to become a squatter, right? Okay, because you're, the squatter entered without anybody's permission. That's key, without anybody's permission. Mm-hmm. Um, the trespasser just came and then left. Okay. So the difference between trespassing and squatting is how long you stay. Okay. With respect to that anybody's permission thing, mm-hmm. I have a case right now where we thought we were evicting squatters. Mm-hmm. Turns out they received permission from the prior tenant, <laughs> who ironically, given, given the topic of today's discussion, that prior tenant died. Oh. And so they were invited into the home mm-hmm. by the tenant. They had license from that tenant. That tenant is no longer alive, but they remain. And because they had permission, they are no longer squatters. And so they have to be evicted under the original tenant's lease agreement. Wow. All right. So let's assume they were a squatter. What mm-hmm. rights would they have had, if any, as a squatter? Sure. So under California law, your rights really kind of, we say accrue, Mm -hmm. they they lock in place after a period of 24 hours. So if- That quickly? That quickly. So if a person is there for less than 24 hours, the landlord can enter and remove them. Keep in mind, you may be liable for (laughs) using force or other unlawful acts, but the, 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 Per trespasser doesn't have any claim against the landlord. As soon as a trespasser occupies a property for a period of 24 hours peacefully, they then have a claim of what's called forcible entry against the landlord. At that point, the court is going to want to know, is this person really a squatter or did they have rights? Because again, to the court, they don't know. They don't know what you know as a landlord. The court is going to treat this as what the cops refer to it as a civil dispute. And they're going to say, okay, well, maybe the person who's in there actually did have rights and the landlord is lying. And so at that point, things become a little bit more complex. Now, remember what we were talking about earlier? The only place the law matters is in the court. So again, the landlord, if they choose self-help, which I do not recommend, Mm -hmm. if they choose self-help, they still have the, the person who's being removed still has to bring an action against the landlord and that's going to be cost time money requires some experience so there are some risks right you know but yeah 24 hours is all that is required in order to get squatters rights now the same probably wouldn't apply if it were someone who had been legally evicted from the property and then chose to move back in 
Correct. Because there would have been a court order. At that point, there is a court order specifically. Against them. Yeah. And like all things with the law, um, attorneys like to say it depends. (laughs) Right. You know, so it is completely possible that a person once evicted talks to the landlord and enters into a new lease agreement. That changes things. Right. But absent some claim to how they got their rights back, that court order is very convincing evidence that that person should not be there. Yeah. I see Adelaide waving at me that we're close to time. And um, I'm sorry, I haven't really let you talk much this this uh, show. No, it's okay. It's been a really – all these topi- topics are really interesting, and it's great information, too, because you wonder about all this stuff, I know, too, and, and I know. Like, and, oh, my gosh. And I, I do have one more question for you, Jared. Um, so how do you legally remove squatters in California? A squatter is legally removed through a forcible entry action. It's like unlawful detainer. Okay. Unlawful detainer is the legal term for eviction. Right. Um, but – you can evict a squatter using forcible entry. Typically, forcible entry is claimed against the landlord when the landlord forces his way into a tenant's property mm-hmm. without the right to do so to remove the tenant. But it applies both ways. When somebody has rights, um, when somebody has rights to pe- to the property because they've peacefully occupied or possessed right. it for a period of twenty four hours or more, and someone else forcibly enters. Now we're taught. Now we're changing perspective. Now it's the we're looking at the fact that the trespasser used force uh-huh. to open or enter into the property and to take that peaceful possession away from the landlord. So we're going to make that same claim against the trespasser who became a squatter to get them out. Now the great news for people who are dealing with squatters is that please tell us there's hope. <laughs> there is hope. So there is the civil court, which is long and tedious mm-hmm. and can take mm-hmm. years to get possession back. And the court system gives us the unlawful detainer court for a much faster, keep in mind this is a relative term, right. much faster process. <laughs> Forcible entry is permitted to use the unlawful detainer court system. So oh, a forcible entry thing is very as far as the landlord's concerned it feels very similar to unlawful detainer it okay it's different technically right but it to the landlord it feels the same as far as time investment expectations great i really can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to be with us this morning um you have shared a wealth of knowledge about probate about evictions about squatters um Gosh, there's so many more questions I could ask. I could pick that brain for hours. Um, so I hope at some point in the future you would come back and, and visit with us again. I had a great time today, and I have loved your questions, and I would love to come back. Oh, wonderful. Um, before we go, tell us one more time how we can reach you. Again, my name is Jared R. Clements. I'm an attorney who specializes in probate, estate planning, and real estate litigation. I can be reached at Coleman and Horowit at 17th and D Streets in Bakersfield. Our phone number is 661-325-1300. Perfect. As always, a heartfelt thanks to each of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Today, we've introduced you to an amazing local attorney uh, and one of my friends, Jared Clements, and giving you some insight uh, into real estate law. Uh, Notice I said insight and not legal advice, okay? (laughs) 
In any case, I hope that uh, you found it informative and we broadened your knowledge. Be sure and tune in again next Saturday at 11 a.m. when we'll have another fun and exciting topic. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again then. As a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who'd benefit from today's information by tuning in to the Encore presentation of the show each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR, just before Sean Hannity. Or you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kern County Real Estate Review. Or you can listen to them on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week. missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. Lori McCarty reminding you to mark your calendars for the first Saturday of each month for our open house, open mic edition of the Kern County Real Estate Review. Tune in at 11 a.m. sharp to get your exclusive backstage pass to our newest open houses hitting the market for the first time that weekend. We'll provide behind-the-scenes tips and chat with my team on location as they bring you Kern County's newest homes. We'll also take your calls and answer your questions, all while sharing the latest in real estate news with local industry experts. So don't forget, be sure to tune in the first Saturday of every month for our open house open mic edition here on KNZR. KNZR.